0: Yeah, a few years ago, I had a big call, like close call with an avalanche. Where, yeah, no matter how much you do right, it's always just like the backcountry and snowpack that is pretty unpredictable. So, yeah, yeah, I had this line going, ended up backflipping over an avalanche. And then that clip went super viral. And <laughs> it definitely did well for social media. But, it is gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And terrifying. Yeah. All at the same time. Welcome to Explore Big Sky with Ori Marmot, where we take you inside the stories that matter in Montana's Gallatin Valley, and we are your hosts, Jim Joe and Michelle, Michelle Borden. Borden. Are
2: you trying to do something different with I your voice? I was doing a little something different. I don't yeah. like it. You Stop didn't it. know? It's okay. not you. I won't do it anyway. It's like it's when kinda... you're talking to me in your normal voice, and then you answer the phone, and you're like, Michelle, just give me a... Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a
1: normal voice to me, but it was different. Like, are you trying like, to
2: intimidate whoever's calling you? It was just a little
1: you? something different. I'm so sorry. Joe the
2: Bear Board and it's some always us, nice to have something. Some of us something.
1: reinvent ourselves every now and
2: then. <laughs> I sure do. Career-wise, <laughs> let's be honest. It's always nice to have something in common with the people we interview but it's just not happening on this episode as we sit down with 23-year-old pro free ride skier and hardcore adrenaline junkie Parkin' coasting.
1: The triple black diamond to our sensible blue black Parkin makes ridiculously beautiful ski films with Teton Gravity Research.
2: Yeah, and he he creates content. That that sentence, I put the word fart in it, guys. Mm-hmm. And Joe started to read it. I and then never said edited the word it fart, out. But he started to <laughs> it would he would have said triple black diamond fart.
1: Certainly threw me for a loop. <sighs> uh, and it may be Costain, maybe Parkin Costain. Yeah, um, just while we're being fully, I feel accurate, like but, okay,
2: got it. But we co-stain things constantly. <laughs>
1: absolutely, we do. Uh, you know, the one thing we do have in common: we are fellow content creators. Um, yeah, just like Parkin.
2: So I mean, oh, uh, yeah. we we bond. He does death-defying acts that are calculated, mm-hmm. which was nice to hear. Yeah. He was like, "I'm a very calculated person," and I kind of thought maybe he's just crazy. Um, he so does some nice stuff
1: that seems like it's a. Full on death wish.
2: Yeah. And he said his mom is used to it now. But like as a mother, Uh, you never fully get used to it. it.
1: Like her his dad is part of the reason that he is this way.
2: But he's kind of surpassed that at this point, right? Yeah.
1: He's become But
2: as a mom of boys. I'm sorry,
1: Full on Miss Costain, uh,
2: that you're having to go through this. Uh, because, But you've I raised a delightful son. There's an inside scream that happens every time they're doing something that's scary. Mm-hmm. You just hold it in because you want them to be brave. But do you?
1: We encourage you to watch Parkin's videos uh, so that you can understand what we're referring to in our interview. I put a couple of his video links uh, in the episode description. You can follow him on Instagram. Um, it'll just make you deeply uncomfortable to watch them, but you sort of need it to understand the context. Um, Yeah. Michelle, you want to talk about our ad sponsor today?
2: This week's episode is brought to you by Mountain Outlaw. It's that time of year again. A new Mountain Outlaw magazine has hit stands, and it's their biggest one yet. At 196 pages, the Montana issue celebrates the life land and culture of our beautiful state. But don't move here.
1: You can it's find good. an issue across <laughs> Big Sky, Bozeman, Missoula, Whitefish and Jackson or read online at mtoutlaw.com.
2: It's kind of well, like, you know, when you like get into a restaurant right before they close or, you know, things like that. I understand that I am an outsider yeah. that came into the state and I have no right to tell Anybody not to move here at all. Sure. And I don't ever hate on anybody that moved here from out of state. I'm just like, I just feel like we have enough people right now. But there's, yeah.
1: No, I mean, I understand what you're saying. but water. I also understand the people who want to move here. They'd see. We're going to run out of water. It's... The rivers.
2: We have a very delicate ecosystem.
1: Right. <laughs> Mountain outlaw. Mountain Outlaw. Doing some great things. Yes. It is a fantastic magazine. And at 196 pages, it's a beefy read.
2: It's a beefy read. You're going to
1: want to carve out some time.
2: But there's like some great content in there.
1: Absolutely. Beautiful pictures.
2: And it's one of those magazines that you want to keep around all year round.
1: I, for a long time, I thought it was Montana Outlaw. Because it was like the MT outlaw, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if it was.
2: You didn't like, notice the N?
1: I, I No, I mean, Your I, brain sometimes got rid of it. it's just MT, and I'm like, oh, is it Montana or Mountain? I need to stop talking. Okay.
2: Can we get to the interview? Sure. Yeah. Let's, Parkin, let's, let's, let's do that. Thank you instead. for coming right. into our home. We didn't have our camera guy that day.
1: And Parkins' friend Jake, who dropped him off.
2: Parkins' friend Jake.
1: Yeah. That was helpful.
2: Can't believe you remember Jake's name.
1: <laughs> oh. Did you talk to him longer? That's what I do sometimes.
2: Remember people's names? I guess. Yeah, no, I don't at all. <laughs> like it's really bad.
1: Parkin was very patient though, and he he uh, he put up with a lot of our BS.
2: If you guys want to hear from Parkin Costain, now's the time to do it.
1: That guy throws some sick tricks. All right, hey, we're here with pro freeride skier Parkin Costain. From whitefish originally. Yep. And uh, I'll kick it off with this question, the burning one that I've got. Uh, why? Why do you take such risks? Farkin. Yeah, it's funny
0: because I definitely have grown up always tending to scare my mom, but she's also grown confident in my ability and just like what I feel comfortable doing. So I never feel like I'm taking too big of a risk, although it definitely is risky because everything I'm doing, I feel comfortable. So okay. Yeah. I
2: get that. From the That's outsider's not.
0: perspective, though, it looks probably like I'm just risking my all the time. It does. Yeah. No, it does. I
2: actually have a hard time watching your videos, but I also get the mother thing because remember I tell you, like, the boys when they're going down a hill just like this, and everything in my, in my body is screaming, stop, you shouldn't be doing this. But, like, the more times you see them do it successfully and not get hurt, yeah. your brain starts to, like, ease up a little on the freaking out it's mother scream, I suppose. But I do feel like this is a little bit of an
1: intervention.
0: Yeah, this is exactly why I was sat down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what makes it tick? So you grew up in Whitefish, which is like the you know the darker mountain compared to Big Sky. That's how I've always seen it. Darker mountain. So yeah, the snows a little different. You don't get as much sunshine as Big Sky. It's
0: definitely denser and cloudier. Yeah, we've like always maybe a couple of my friends and I that grew up there and now have a career in skiing and maybe. Gave a little bit of credit to the bad visibility just because it like helped you like feel the mountain almost. Oh yeah. Cause you can't see very often around there. It's cloudy.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. not my favorite as Joe will test. Um, <laughs> but yeah, did growing <laughs> up in there that actually you answered the question a little, did it influence your style?
0: Yeah, it definitely enabled me to like interpret train. I think a little bit differently than growing up in like a big community where everyone does shred and whitefish are just all of my, it was just a couple friends. And I, instead of it being a big posse, it was a small crew.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, tried to do everything that we could to have as much fun each day we went out and I don't know, it led to a lot of creativity at a young age and yeah. probably helps influence the way I ski now.
2: Yeah.
1: That's cool. And you were, you going out of bounds
0: a lot? Yeah. Like we definitely had a couple little canyons around there. One was called Canyon Creek that was out of bounds and you could go out the boundary and go get some sick powder, but not too much off the resort. We did a lot of just, yeah, on the hills shredding. And then in the afternoon or like, Early season and late season, we go out with my dad in the backcountry here and there. But at mm-hmm. a young, young age, it was mainly a strip the resort. Your dad seems like a really horrible influence. I know. He's pretty much just a little bit older version of me.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. That's yeah. awesome. So why did you stop skiing at Whitefish?
0: Yeah. So there was this, like, funny moment. I have another podcast, actually, coming up here in a few weeks with the specific guy that kind of kicked me off the resort. Oh, that nice. Moment. And... I got, it wasn't like banned for life, even though they did tell me they didn't ever want me skiing there again.
2: Oh. I did
0: this chairlift to jump where I was skiing down a like down one of the runs that led into the like off ramp of a chairlift that was closed. Wow. And I used it as a uh, takeoff. So I jumped like 130 feet off the top of one of these chairlifts uh. and landed it. Like everything went super smoothly. It was like 17. Oh, six you years landed old.
2: Yeah.
0: And that was one of my first videos that sort of started to go viral on social media. And yeah, just their whole marketing team was not psyched on that. And then the yeah, higher ups at the resort were just like the community of Whitefish was super supportive, but the resort itself wasn't quite like supporting us skiing the way that Big Sky and Moonlight decided they wanted to. So that same year, I had the opportunity to come up and ski Big Sky. Big Sky.
1: And then sorry, this breaking
2: out. That's okay. It happens. Yeah.
1: Um, it's Whitefish Resort. They don't want you telling me. I know they're like, yeah, they're like already <laughs> in my DMs trying to throw
2: me Lawyer,
0: But yeah. So then I came to big sky not too long after this video started to like circulate around the internet and yeah, got to know the guys at big sky and Moonlight basin really well. And they decided to bring me on as an athlete for,
1: they knew what you had yeah. done Yeah, and they were cool. With they
0: you. were supportive of it. Yeah. They were like, yeah, you should just come to big sky and do the same thing.
1: So that's great. Yeah. It was really cool to have that support.
0: And then it just kind of drew me to this area a little bit more.
1: All right. And so you skied Big Sky a lot. I assume you've skied Bridger a lot. Yeah. After that. Not as much,
0: but definitely
1: All right, Bridger Sweet. After growing up at Whitefish, give me sort of your Yelp review for Big Sky and, and Bridger.
0: Yeah. Big Sky and Bridger. Bridger's definitely the college playful jump resort that like any local kid around here goes and shreds. And then Big Sky itself is just like the ultimate of like North American, like long free ride skiing, I think with the headwaters Ridge and being able to hike all the way out to yeah. Three forks. It's been like my favorite go-to run when I've been in big sky the last few years. Just, there's nothing like that back where I grew up and like there's big mountains, but to have it like at a ski resort in Montana, it's, yeah. it's huge. Yeah.
2: It's a big, it's mountain. hardcore. Yeah. I really enjoyed being yeah, there. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so you, you talk about back country. Have you had any close calls with avalanches?
0: Yeah, certainly like from day one, like my dad was always really good about teaching me about, safety in the backcountry and how to interpret the train and make sure you know where you are and not like put yourself in any super dangerous situations. But as my career has progressed, so of like, so is the gnarliness of the train that I start to ski in. And there's definitely more and more risk that's involved. But yeah, a few years ago I had a big call, like close call with an avalanche where, yeah, no matter how much you do, right. It's always just like the backcountry and snowpack that is pretty unpredictable. So yeah, yeah. I had this line going, ended up, back flipping over an avalanche
1: and then that clip was super viral and it definitely did well for social media. It is gorgeous. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And terrifying. Yeah. All at the same time. When you're doing
2: it, are you hyper aware of avalanche safety or do you just let other people worry for you? Yeah,
1: no, I'm definitely
0: (laughs) hyper aware of everything that I'm skiing and trying to like feel the snowpack and see ahead of you and behind you what's going on. But yeah, that was a, that was a for sure close call. And then, uh, fortunately it worked out really well and we had all the right crew in place and then it didn't go super wrong that's one thing I definitely want to stress is like when we're out there doing these things, we're not just like ourselves with like a film at the bottom. We have a full safety crew and production crew on hand. that's ready to yeah, be there in case anything does go really wrong. So fortunately,
1: and it seemed like that's always a risk when you're out there and you want fresh turns and tracks and you, you know, you don't want the mountain to look all speed yeah, out when yeah. you're doing it. That's part of the beauty yeah, totally. of the shot. Yeah.
0: Definitely.
1: So the, that risk is always going to be there. Um, talk about, so you won the King and King and Queens of Corbett's yep. uh, competition in 2020 by landing a double backflip, uh, in a couloir yep. in Jackson hole. How can anything in your life be exciting after you do that? Like when you crack open an egg and there are two yolks instead of one, you yeah. can't feel the sense of joy uh, and excitement. Yeah, those are all the little things. <laughs> <laughs> little, <laughs> little things. So can you still <laughs> appreciate experience it, yeah. excitement? Yeah, no, I get
0: excited about all the little things in life. So, which is great. Okay. When it comes to yeah. adrenaline and trying to like chase that little itch, it definitely becomes harder and harder. I think. Yeah, because you are just maybe a little more numb to it than everything else. But like the little <laughs> moments of joy, like I find those all over. All right. Well, have yeah,
2: you heard yeah. of those studies where, you know, there are people that are predispositioned to be risk taker no, takers. Like no. there's just a genetic allele where you're going to be a risk taker.
0: I certainly inherited that from my dad.
2: I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's pretty cool. I mean, for you to be able to do the things that you're doing and to say, you know, the the lifting that you did at whitefish or, you know, these double jumps before you do it, do you have these moments where you're like, might not hit this? Or do you just do it thinking I'm going to hit this?
0: Yeah, no, I have always been really calculated, even from like 10 years old. Like I definitely take risks, but if I'm like confident that I'm not going to land it, I'm not going to just huck it off this massive cliff and try to land it. Nice. I'll make sure I like, yeah, make the right (laughs) call prior to really injuring myself. Probably. I think that's part of the reason why I haven't been super injured yet. I've like had little things here and there, but pretend like most often, at this point in my career or any other person's career that like does action sports. You're like multiple years have been injured. Unfortunately that hasn't happened. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Because, because you know, your landing zone, you have, yeah. And just like know my skiing and riding ability. So yeah. I'll still push it, but I try to push it maybe
2: a little a little more slowly.
1: Okay. Yeah. I know my
2: Land ability, smart. which is why I never will do anything like uh, yeah. you're doing these days.
1: Yeah. What, what is your training regimen like right now and competition schedule? Yeah, so mostly what I'm doing
0: now is filming. So I don't have too many events that go on throughout the season. If one comes up here and there, I'll definitely try to take part. But yeah, training is kind of just an all-year endeavor. I am okay. the bike and stay active all summer. And then like starting early September, start to really go to the gym and like hammer out specific exercises to like increase knee stability and try to get your yeah, legs really built for the winter. And then, yeah, right now, just early season training. My buddy Jake and I were just back in. Utah because they're one of the only resorts that has snow right now.
1: And we're okay. out there. yeah, it's then start to the season, but hopefully it turns on here at some point. Okay. Definitely. Uh, and the filming is with the Teton Gravity Research yeah. group. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me about sort of the prep that you do prior to one of those filming sessions. That, you know, are you yeah. uh, going through things mentally? You just vomiting in a bucket. What do? <laughs> yeah, so during the that? season, right now, next week, all the athletes that shoot
0: with TGR are going to this event called IPRW international pro rider workshop and it's just an event that TGR has put on for themselves production crew and then like any other athlete that might film with them throughout the season and we just yeah go through all avalanche training and like rescue scenarios and then work with the groups that you'll probably work with in the winter okay to then yeah make sure that when you do go do the real thing you're like really prepared to potentially have an event go down and know how to handle it yeah so that's the first step this season I guess that's after training and then we go and dive PRW and then it's all these like planning phases right now, I'm trying to figure out where we're going to go this season and what the snow conditions are starting to look like. Mm-hmm. But we really don't know until like the last second. It's pretty much just like, all right, there's a big storm coming this week, and we've got to jump on a plane to Alaska.
1: So you just have to be mobile. Yeah, ready like, to go.
0: I like trying to be based up Bozeman these days, but I'm pretty much always on the road. Okay, I so you got you yeah.
1: got a go bag. Yes,
0: yeah. go bag. I'm living out of a suitcase pretty much yeah. all right all the time.
2: <laughs> Do you yeah. like it? Do you like that lifestyle?
0: I definitely like it, but I also really enjoy finding some moments to just come back and relax back here and you know, get out in the mountains and play with friends in not a work setting, just yeah. go out and
2: have fun. So understood. Yeah. Is there anything weird on your bucket list that you haven't done yet? And I'm afraid to even ask you this because
0: yeah, I haven't skied too much in Europe and then this okay. might be the year for it. Mm-hmm. Austria right now. So is having an incredible start to big. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, really looking forward to yeah, what we have working for the season. I'm trying to do a couple of my own projects and then still shoot with TGR. But uh don't have any of those like little fun details worked out yet. Very cool. Yeah.
2: Have
0: yeah.
2: you ever skied in Japan? Because all these people
0: are like, skied Japan. So. Yeah. Like I went there once in 2019 Yeah. for this Black Diamond project I was a part of. Okay. And it was a super fun project, but we went late in the year. And Japan typically starts to warm up in February. So there's like early December and January is when everyone goes and skis the powder. And we do have a project we're trying to do this year, but we're still working
1: on funding it. So. Yeah. So it seems like the track that you're following is more just making these epic videos as opposed to, I want to be in the Olympics. So I want to, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Currently this could change in the next few years. I was just talking to some people about it over the weekend because the free ride world tour, which I grew up competing on this, like the younger version of that. And then there is a World tour for the skiing. I do, but it's not an Olympic sport yet, but FIS recently bought that whole tour, I believe. And then, Typically, when that happens, then it gets brought into the Olympics a few years down the road. Oh, okay. So there hasn't been like a specific, yeah, that's happening yet. But if it did in the next 10 years, potentially we'd try to aim for that.
2: And you'd want to do that?
0: I would really like to do that. Yeah. I haven't competed in a while, but I definitely love competition. Okay.
2: So what's your favorite run in Big Sky? You were saying headwaters?
0: Yeah, for sure on the headwaters. Not the chutes? Well, all the headwaters are kind of chutes. Yeah? Okay. And then... Yeah, I think it just has to be three forks. Like one of the, probably the middle fork, because it's the longest thing that you can ski down big sky, like sustained steep vertical with early exposure around you. So,
1: but it's all
0: people. Yeah, it's a hike out there, so not as many people get to ski it, or at least make it there to ski it. So, there's really good snow there.
2: Do we not talk about this? Do we edit this out so people don't know? Oh, how it's great It was a pretty treacherous
1: hike together. Yeah, you so gotta got to work on. really hard. You yeah. won't see me there. Rough...
2: You won't see me there ever. Yeah. Not sure. in my lifetime. Has it
1: yeah. always been skiing for you? Did you ever flirt with
0: snowboarding? Yeah, I'm like, as far as trying to take it professionally, I certainly was just skiing. I do this one thing called no boarding, which is snowboarding, but they don't have bindings on the board, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a skateboard deck, but then it it's like a surfboard skateboard deck that you. Ride down the winter, it's mm-hmm. super fun, but it, yeah, it's not a not a full snowboard. Gotcha.
1: What What are the <laughs> most dangerous things that you're planning to do in the near future? Just so we know for the church prayer list, uh, what we can write down specifically. I'm definitely <laughs> always riding my snowmobile, and that's a big activity. I'm definitely some risk.
2: Yeah, yeah. But now they're doing more avalanche safety at that play Island Park, which yeah. there are a lot of avalanches there, and people got hurt. So yeah. we're looking out for you, Dave.
1: Yeah. Dave's in he's got your yeah. back
0: yeah. yeah no it's it's definitely there's risk with everything that do, but try to stay
1: calculated Okay. Yeah. we'll get you well, covered as far as the lord is concerned so you will have that
2: yeah, going forward. you, for you. Gotcha. thank you yeah I'll try some witchcraft I don't know <laughs> um, but yes thank you for your time today stay safe um, I like the fact that you are staying calculated that you're not I love I love hearing from somebody who does dangerous stuff that they're not just like oh, I hope I hit it yeah um, <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> he, knows, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Uh, now
2: I've seen you you do look very calculated when you're, when you're doing double flips and landing down arts. Yeah.
1: Making beautiful videos. Yeah. Uh, keep and how around. can
2: people um, help support you in your career?
0: Probably just to follow me on social media. So yeah, if you want to jump on Instagram and give it a little follow, that'd be great. But mm-hmm. it's not,
1: no hard feelings. Of course and, they and will. You have a bevy of sponsors. So I would assume, you know, if you, you buy the stuff that and Yep. yes. Uh,
0: How that's it works? Thank you for
2: supporting my sponsors and help support my career. Very cool. There it is. All right. Thanks, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe out there. All right. <laughs> Explore Big Sky with Horry Marmot wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. If you would like our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on apple podcast or your preferred platform is that close enough, uh, that into the good mic enough?
1: no that was great oh. really close yeah, we're very different than him that was the point oh uh, nice the triple black diamond
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're gonna have to start this over <laughs> said it too, like I almost did a, to a full fucking Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> Adding fart to my true. copy, how dare you.
2: So the triple just... black diamond fart would be so bad, <laughs> it would smell just horrible.
1: If I hadn't like written it, I probably would have read it.